0: And welcome to episode 37 of The Offline Gamer. I'm Ray.
1: And I'm Matt.
0: And today we have a couple of lovely interviews for you. We do have
1: three interviews.
0: Three interviews. Gosh. Bumper. (laughs) Bumper episode of Ints. So first of all, we're going to be talking about what we've been playing and buying. Then we're going to have some lovely interviews for you. Um, And then after that, we're going to go for our... We're going to go through our Kickstarter awards for 2018. And we're going to have a little bit of a chat about, you know, general Kickstarter corner, uh, what we've been backing, what's arrived. And uh, of course, our ones to watch and our new feature. How many political satire games did we find this month? So, Matthew, you have taken a a new journey in gaming in your gaming education. Would you like to
1: share it with the viewers? It's a journey into a magical world full of dragons and dungeons.
0: Gosh, whatever could it be?
1: <laughs> so we have a guy at work who said he wanted to start a and d game in my team. So that's what we've been doing. We are, I think three or four sessions in. We uh, spent a bit of time all making our characters. I am QB, the human wizard, whose goal in life is to write, uh, currently, is to write a tome detailing all of the magical artefacts he comes across.
0: Hmm, that seems like a, a, a very useful life goal.
1: It does. It's basically my job, but in Dungeons and Dragons. my <laughs> job, Because my job is like, to document things and write yeah. knowledge-based articles. So this is basically the magical equivalent.
0: Mm. Have you found any magical artifacts yet?
1: We have, and I've uh, identified some of them. Some of them, as yet, remain unidentified, but we still have them. So, Mike, the guy running it, he created us like a sort of training mission to go on because none of us had ever played before, and um, we finished that. and And we had a vote this week where he gave us like eight different scenarios of what we wanted to uh, to do next and uh, one of them was like a pirate adventure and that seems to have been what people have voted for so basically we're going to be playing Black Flag in (laughs) D&D
0: Black Flag in D&D but with wizards
1: yeah yeah
0: okay fair enough
1: and uh, warriors and rogues and a bard we've got a bard in our group who plays the drums so he's just got a little bongo that he carries around with him
0: okay fair enough can he like bewitch people with his bongos
1: uh, yeah, he. I mean, he was able to successfully um, get us a reduced price at the inn by oh. uh, doing some, playing some entertainment uh, there. You know? Oh, lovely!
0: Very, after one of, very handy.
1: Uh, yeah, after one of the other characters tried to and failed to chat up the wench to get free board. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: I I almost accidentally killed half of the group as well last week. Okay. We were in a we were in a dungeon. Like a mine, fighting mm. some uh, goblins and orcs and things, and uh, there was like a poison gas cloud around that I happened to be standing in the middle of, and I was like, "That's all right, I'll fireball the bad guy." And then Mike went, uh, "Okay, you do your fireball. Oh, by the way, now's a good time for me to tell you that poison gas is flammable, so you uh, the gas explodes, and like half the half of us were standing in it, so everyone took damage from my fireball."
0: So how are you all finding it, seeing as you're all RPG noobs? It's good. I mean,
1: I think Mike's dubbed it down a bit for us. Um like to cast our spells and that he's making us not need the ingredients and things at the moment, although that'll probably change. Um but yeah, it's it's good. I'm still getting used to like what dice to roll when and things like that. But we I'm getting there, I think. Well I think we're all getting there. We're all having a good time. We're having to have it on different nights because of when the people are available. Um so sometimes there'll be like one or two people missing. So we tend to just pretend that they're well. We don't even mention them. You know, it's just like they're gone, and then next week they just reappear. Okay. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's probably standard fare because obviously there's there's like seven or eight of us. So if you've got a D and D group of people, that many people, um, I'm sure any other group would probably have the same problem where sometimes people just can't turn up.
0: Yeah. I suppose you could just pretend like they're sleeping off a hangover in a bush or something.
1: Yeah. So, but I mean, he has been good. And I said to him, you know, are you planning all this in advance? And he says, well, I can't plan for everything. So although I've got a very basic framework in my mind, um, I make a lot of it up based on on what you do. So our first mission was to like go into a mine and recover like a magical artifact. And we did that. We found two magical artifacts. One we couldn't identify. And the other one, which is a magical sword, that um, when you attack someone with it and it draws blood, it makes them drunk. Interesting. Yes. So we call it the Brew Sword. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: Have you got any people who are playing opposite genders? Uh, that's a question.
1: I don't think we do. So, so it's all dudes. It's all dudes. Yeah. Sausage fest. Yeah.
0: Have you got anyone who's playing like an
1: orc or something? Uh, we've got well, there's, yeah. There's only like two or three humans. Uh, we've got a druid. Well, that's a class though, isn't it? Not a race. Uh, I don't know what race he is actually. Um, we've got a half. We've got a couple of the guys. Uh, we have got two brothers playing, and they're playing. They're playing like half brothers, where they got the same mom, but their mom was like an orcish prostitute or something. Oh, okay. So, which is very strange. I don't. I can't. I'm trying to think what other races there are. I honestly can't remember.
0: There's like Dragonborn and... Oh yes, l- I
1: think we've got a Dragonborn, yeah.
0: There, there are loads depending on which set of rules you're playing. So if you're just playing the basic ones, there's like, I don't know, eight or ten races maybe. Um, But then if you play with the various extended rule sets, then there's more yeah. and more and more. It just makes it more complicated.
1: Well, I didn't realise I'd chosen a spell from uh, one of the extended like expansions or whatever they're called, because um, I think we are just playing base, but I chose a spell called Ice Knife for my wizard, which um, I realised actually was in one of the extra books, but he said that's fine, because um, we, we we can look it up, what it does, so it's no problem. And I'm using the D&D Beyond app on my phone to track all the spells like, that I can use, because he's got cards that he gives out to everyone. Yeah. Some, a couple of us had like duplicate spells. Um, so I just thought, well, I'll just use the app then, because I've got everything in there. Who needs needs a card when you've got an app?
0: Yeah. We are trying to organise D&D in my team now as well. Yeah. As we have a... One of the guys in my team is the brother of one of the guys in your team. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they... Probably a little bit of sibling rivalry there.
1: Maybe. And you've got an experienced DMer as well, so...
0: We have. We have yet to get uh, a first date, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, Because originally, there's, I mean, there's four of us and three out of four voted to do it on Fridays. And then so far, nobody's been free (laughs) on Fridays. And I've got the next three Fridays are all packed doing stuff. One of those Fridays is with the other people in the group. Nevertheless, I think we might have to have a a long lunch to sort out our characters. For We've got one one person who's already got a level two character who's obviously had a little bit of a foray into D&D land and then two of us have never done it before. I did a quick character. I've done two quick characters on D&D Beyond, but I can't choose. So I'm going to wait until we have our little character building sesh and probably choose then. I've got a Dragonborn Sorcerer Mm. or a Gnome Druid.
1: I can't decide. I mean, the Druids are good fun because they can transform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing, but being a Dragonborn Sorcerer means you basically get to burn everything. (laughs) And I don't know whether to go more towards what I'm usually like, which would be the druid, or be a little bit different and be more of a, like, big smashy-smashy, even though sorcerers are still, you know, magic and stuff, yeah. as opposed to melee. The dragonborn kind of makes it a bit, like, big, beefy-like. So I can't quite decide. But uh, watch this space for Ray's excitement and adventures in um, D&D.
1: So you mentioned Magic there, right?
0: Mm, Have you been playing
1: Magic by any chance?
0: Uh, I have. I've been playing uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, uh, which is the new online one, and also some paper magic. Uh, Mostly playing Commander decks with um, Chris um the occasional standard ish uh deck and we got quite we got a few um oh we bought a bunch of cards to unpack when the new set released uh which was at the end of january um and we've got we did quite well from from unpacking we got some good uh high value cards which is good because uh, it means, should we want to have the complete set, we don't have to like pay loads of money. Yeah. And I haven't been doing particularly well with the new set online, um, but it is there is still a lot of fun and potential there. I think. From it, I think it's just because I've got we got good cards in paper, and then I've got terrible cards online, so I can't make a good deck online. So, therefore, all the people who like pay to win and plow hundreds of dollars into the game get more wild cards, therefore, get the super duper cards, therefore, trample me all the time, yeah, but I think the game's doing well, considering it only just the arena only just came out properly um beginning of October end of september um. I think they're still trying to iron out some of the balance they had um in January they had their first trial season, so if you get like a ranked season similar to all the other games you get like half stone and uh overwatch or whatever, depending how much how high you get during any one season, you get different rewards right um and that seemed to work out well i think people are still a bit annoyed with the economy and how it works with how you get wild cards and how you get contributions to the vault which i still don't understand um but i think they're getting there i think i think wizards seem to be listening um which considering how little they seem to listen in general
2: mm. the
0: impression i get is kind of good um So I'm hoping uh, the power level will even out a little bit as the set gets older and I get some more cool cards and then I can actually play and not suck (laughs) and actually complete some freaking quests.
1: Are you um, tempted to actually take your paper deck and go play other people?
0: Occasionally. I think Chris is a bit more uh, ready to do that than I am. Hmm. Purely because he's been um, adapting the precon decks that we've had, whereas I'm, I am—I haven't like added in anything extra or edited any of them yet. Yeah. Um. I will have to have a—I th- have to have a think, because so so far that one of the preconstructed commander decks that I've got uh seem has done fairly well in the couple of games I've played. Um, but I think if I actually wanted to go and play like experienced people, I'd have to change, (laughs) change it up a bit and buy some cards. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is tempting, but also most of the places where I would be able to do that are in Birmingham city centre, which is a bit too much of an arse to get to in the evenings. I mostly just want to sleep.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, so other than that, um, I hasn't arrived yet, but I've just bought Rocksmith 2014 for the PS4. Mm. Uh, and this is part, well, almost entirely because my parents decided to surprise me by bringing up the guitar that I left at their house 12 and a half years ago <laughs> up and dumping it in my living room. Uh, which when they came up and they said, oh, we've got you an anniversary present. I was like, really? Mm. What? Uh, thinking, why are my parents buying me a, wedi- a wedding anniversary present? That's great, but what? And also, why is it, if it's something big enough that they're hiding it in the car, wow! Uh, and then <sighs> they went out to the car and got me my like 17-year-old guitar out. And it's I not really like, a present, is it? No. I was like, you cheeky so-and-so's. You got my hopes up? I thought it was going to be like a massive cake or something. Uh, but yeah, it is a very old... It, well, it was a entry-level guitar 17 years ago. The strings have never been changed, so they are old enough to be doing their own GCSEs. Um, and because they're quite old and they've been sat in a cupboard for 12 years, they sound absolutely freaking awful. <laughs> So no matter how many times we've tuned it, it just slips and it sounds awful again in like two two strums and it's terrible. So I've also bought some replacement strings and I'm going to get it restringed or restrung. Um, however, the, the advent of the guitar arriving, um, I don't know whether it was before or after that showed up but um chris watches um a foundation which i can't remember what it's called it's like one of these rock school type things right that teaches kids how to play rock music and then films it and blah 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 he's been watching them, those sort of videos for a while and he found um a new set which is a couple of japanese girls um who learned how to play guitar and bass using Rocksmith and how, how seeing how good they got within like six months. And now they're playing like ridiculously complicated power metal and goodness only knows what. And he thought, well, you know, maybe I'll try and learn guitar. Um, and so I've got Rocksmith. I'm vaguely tempted to get a bass guitar now so that, um, we could play bass and guitar together and that's not sad, that's a perfectly normal thing for couples to do. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um no worse than playing Magic the Gathering together.
0: Well yeah, at least you're learning stuff with Rocksmith. Yeah, exactly. I mean you learn stuff with magic, like long complicated words. Um Yeah, so I've ordered Rocksmith for PlayStation four However, I've since discovered that you can't have any uh, unofficial DLC with the PlayStation version, but you can if you bought it on PC. So I think we're going to have a go with PlayStation um, official track list and then see how we go.
1: Okay. So that's what we've been playing this month. Um, I think we should mention that there is a small gaming event happening in the area next weekend. That we will be going to. So that is the Dudley Bug Ball.
0: Yeah, and the event is on the 23rd of February. And funnily enough, it is in Dudley.
1: You'd never guess from the name.
0: No. And it's in the Station Hotel. And I believe if you were lucky enough to get a ticket early enough, you get a free complimentary mini Oh, yeah. Which is specially, specially designed. Can't wait for that. Um, so they're going to be running some RPGs, and there's also going to be regular tabletop board gaming.
1: Yeah, the board games are being run by um, the Wolverhampton Board Game Group, which mm-hmm. I know because I've been there a few times. Um, entry fees £10, all games free to play, and they'll be raising money for the Honeypots charity, which, just looking on their website, is a charity... Established in 1996 to enhance the lives of young carers and vulnerable children aged between 5 and 12. So that's very well for our charity. Yep. Just looking at the uh, RPGs they're running. um, They've got a few. uh, Pathfinder, things like that. Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space. And then I've seen this one. Call of Cat Hulu.
0: Yes. Somebody's running that at... UKGE as well. Oh right, okay. Um, I didn't know they were running it at the Bug Ball though.
1: Yeah, up be- to six players, it says.
0: Oh, um, I know they've got a guy there who's going to be running like basic, baby noob RPGs as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll dip a toe in in that. Yeah.
1: Oh, there's also going to be a little bring and buy there as well. Oh, okay. Oh, I might uh, have a look and bring a few games with me to get rid of. Lovely. Oh, we I, a fact. I should, we should also mention we had our little tr- regular, semi-regular trawl around charity shops in Birmingham, didn't we? Yes, we had ago. our
0: our charity hunt.
1: Yeah, but it was very fruitless, wasn't it?
0: Yes. Um, I don't think anybody bought any games.
1: No, there was, there was just lots and lots of copies of like Monopoly and things like that. Although I did see a copy of The Simpsons Game of Life, which intrigued me. But uh, yeah, but I did uh, donate a few games as well. I spread them around a bit.
0: Yeah, because we went uh, around Harborne, and anybody who knows Harbourn, there's about 20 charity <laughs> shops. So you've got to spread things out a little bit. But I think uh, people know that Harborn has the, the the good, huge amounts of charity shops. So I think they get trolled fairly uh, frequently.
3: Yeah.
1: I, ha- I have uh, an inclination to start a new segment on the show as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's see what spam we've got in the offline gamer email account this month.
0: Hooray! <laughs> I was
1: just looking because I was just looking to see if we'd had a response to our uh, application for press passes for UKG because... Uh, they started accepting 2019, um, what's the word, applications uh, last week. Uh, but now there's nothing. And I thought, I'll check the spam folder just in case it's gone in there. And we've got four, e- four emails. Three of them are saying that they've got special proposals for us.
0: Ooh, that sounds rude.
1: Hi, Offline. My name is blah, 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 blah. I'd like to get you a job on the internet with an income of 500, 600 euros a day. Ooh. The offer is limited. Please contact me as soon as possible. Ooh. And then we've basically got the same thing again. And then we've also got one that looks like the bot hasn't sent the email out properly because it says in curly brackets, hi, greetings, hello there, hi there, hey there, good day, hello. Hmm. Close brackets. Offline. Here is your personal discount code. And then in curly brackets again. Regards, best regards, thanks, best wishes, wishes, respect, kind regards, kindest regards, warm regards, fond regards, warmest regards, most sincerely, with appreciation, truly.
0: I mean, they could just be being super polite. (laughs) They could be. Probably just broken,
1: though. Yeah. And here's, here's the last one. Yo, offline, my name is Susan. I've been searching a few local profiles from my area and ran into your own. I actually enjoyed the things I read about you and your hobbies. Maybe we can get together at some point. P.S. Here is a link to mine. Insert link. I am in no way going to click on, especially because it's a Brazilian website. All the best for you. Oh, that's good. The the subject of the email says "Yo offline." My name is Susan, but it's it's signed off "All the best," Cordelia.
0: Hmm. Ah, I mean, these 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 spammers don't even try, do they?
1: No. 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 Come
0: on guys, give us some better
1: spam. So let's move on from spam and let's listen to some interviews. So a couple of days ago uh, it was Saturday the 9th of Feb and it was time for another board game bash at Meeple Mayhem in Birmingham. Uh, And there were a few game designers there showing off their games. So managed to chat to some people, uh, a couple of whom we'd never chatted to before and one, catch up with someone we have spoken to before. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to spend all afternoon there because there were three or four more people I really wanted to interview but I just didn't get a chance to because uh, it started to get a bit busy and then I had to dash off because uh, we had a bit of a pile of videos to make, didn't we? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I think we had like, how many? Ten in the end or something that we did? Something like that. Something rather over the top. Yeah, so many in fact that we actually ran out of space on my phone, didn't we? Yep. So yes, that was, uh, that was fun. Fun afternoon there. Opening lots of lots of games. So keep your eyes on our YouTube channel over the next few weeks to see all of those. Uh, I'll probably release one or two a week. So yeah, there should be plenty of content coming out. But uh, yeah, uh, the first person I chatted to at Me By Mayhem was a guy called Danny, who was from Wolverhampton. And he was showing off his game Caladium. I had to confirm this, the pronunciation with him because I wasn't sure if it was Caladium or Caladium. But uh, he said, yeah, no, Caladium to rhyme with Palladium. So, okay. So we'll have a chat with Danny, and we'll see you in a little bit. Right, so we're here at Meeple Mayhem for uh, another of the board game bash events, and I'm here with Danny, who's showing off his game Caladium. Thanks for joining the podcast, mate. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. So we always ask everyone this. What's your gaming background, first of all? Well, I've been playing board games
4: and video games since I was like a little kid. As I've been getting older, I've been having ideas and different things, like when I'm playing games, like, I wish they'd do that, or I wish they'd do this, or maybe that would be better. And then it was a case of, I had an idea and ran with it. Yeah. Literally borrowed a, a blood bowl board and a flintlock figures off some guy from the gaming club, so I had, like, a stock in the back. And notepad and pen, and we we sat with my cousin for, like, three, four hours, and it was a case of, we'd, I'd raised some stats up of roughly what I thought would work, And we'd play like two or three turns and we'd be like, yeah, don't work. Restart, restart, play two or three turns and just kept gooing and gooing and gooing and and it's kind of evolved into what it is. So what is it then? That's the question. A fantasy-based Roman Colosseum fighting game. Okay. So it's fantasy-based in the element that you're going to see a lot of different things that you expect from fantasy, you're going to see different various races, magic, monsters, but it's very Roman Gladiator inspired in the fact that the main game it's all in the Roman Coliseum you pick a team of fighters or a single fighter you agree on a points limit mm-hmm. equip weapons armour all that type of stuff and then absolutely murder each other hey <laughs> sounds good yeah so how long have you been working on it in its current form shall we say August 2017 right okay so was when it started months, yeah. yeah yeah and I've just been absolutely hammering away at it because I go to two game clubs one in Wolverhampton one in Stoke and it's such a varied group of people and we was able, I was literally being able to absolutely play test it to death yeah math abusing it just trying to break the game in so many ways and balance it then which is why a lot of people who and then show it to like it because their conceit's had a lot of work in yeah. terms of balancing and stuff because there's a lot of games that are either overcomplicated or completely unbalanced whereas I've tried as hard as I can it's not perfect but I've tried as hard as I can to make it
1: so yeah yeah what so? What do you reckon your main inspirations are for the game, then? Or if you were going to say, give it, uh, sell it to someone, what would you say it's most similar to? I like
4: it because it's to me at least, it's a mix of a war game in yeah. the aspects of the tactical elements when you're actually fighting. But there's a large trading card game element to it as well because when you're equipping your fighters and stuff, it reminds me when I'm doing it of like deck building yeah. with like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and things like that. And I think it's quite interesting because being able to control your deck of equipment and weapons and things like
1: that is quite cool okay cool so what's the long-term plan then i i assume as m- like most of the people here you're looking kickstarter for the roof
4: yeah i mean kickstarter is going to be my initial plan because it gives me a platform to advertise the game further and get people interested and wanting to have a look but at the minute i'm just going to different playtest groups and different yeah. game clubs i've been like in the past week I've been to Droitwich and Bristol and Sheffield as, right, well, okay. as well as here Yeah. so I'm, and it's just a case of just trying to get people aware of it and interested at the minute
1: and you get good feedback from people I mean I imagine you wouldn't be still be doing it if you didn't
4: think it was worth your while So, 90% is good feedback but the the, the negative feedback I'm getting it's very constructive because it's yeah. not oh it's completely bad it's if you tweaked it like this that'd become good yeah. and I've been it's just been slowly evolving as it's doing and I'm I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm very happy with the rules and how it plays, and I don't really want to change any more of it because I'm I'm really happy with how it looks.
1: Okay. Uh, have you had many people who aren't really big board game players sit down and play it and give you feedback on what they think as a, as a as a sort of newbie to the the experience?
4: Not anyone that's played it as of yet, but I've purposely had the game made with the idea of making it simple enough that people who aren't board game enthusiasts, those that stick with like. you old fashioned games yeah, yeah. just so people like that could get into it and understand it but I don't want to make it too simple that the people who play a lot of war games and stuff find it basic Yeah. because I, I purposely wanted to keep it open to as many people as I can so people of various experiences could jump in at any point okay cool well I wish you all the best mate if people want to find out more where should they go? Um, on Facebook search Caladium Honour in Blood and you'll find me all
1: there cool well thanks again mate and yeah. uh, best look for the future so that was Danny. Um, next up, I got a chance to catch up quickly with Aiden from Dran the Games. Now, you remember that we spoke to Aiden last time we were at Meeple Mayhem because he was showing off his game, Stranded Spacecraft, yep. that we played uh, and we rather enjoyed. Since then, it's gone through a few changes. So let's have a chat with Aiden now and he can tell us all about them. Okay. Once again, I'm at the back of Michael Mayhem with Aiden from Vander Games. Hello, mate. How you doing? You're this right. Some familiar s- scenario. Yeah. Isn't? Once again. <laughs> so it's been a few months since we last spoke. So um, I guess we should catch up and see where. Well, what was stranded spacecraft?
2: Where it's become, but it's no longer called Stranded Spacecraft, is it? It is not. It's gone through a bit of a identity crisis and it's uh, it called itself Soulstorm now. Okay. So it's still alliterative, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. After a lot of feedback, people are yeah. going, yeah, your name sucks, so let's change it. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that brutal? From some people, yeah. Okay. From some people. Other people was like, it's just a bit bland. So, yeah. Yeah, we've changed it. It's, uh, it's come along, so okay. people enjoy this name a bit more (laughs) okay well yeah i mean it's still it's still a good name and
1: i think it captures the the essence of the game Well, so um i don't know if you can remember what state the game was in when when i played it but um in the last few months how has it evolved what what Um, sort of feedback have you been getting from people so
2: the the feedback uh, has been for the last few months that people are just ready for it to be ready yeah just get on the shelves type thing so that's what we've been focusing on is doing the art the graphic design yeah uh, all that stuff so yeah, we've gone through several logos, several front covers, and we finally got to a stage where it is it is ready to go. It's getting its first demo print run in two weeks' time. Wow, okay. So, and we'll, then we'll be at AirCon for yeah. March with the first official demo prototype. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty much there now. Okay. What other event? Are you going to be doing
1: the expo this year or? In?
2: Uh, we're not sure yet. We're going to, okay. we're, we're looking into it, uh, just cost wise oh, and, yes. and things. The yeah, uh, be the most yeah exactly. So yeah, we'll see. We, we might be there. We'll okay. see what our Kickstarter advisor says. <laughs> well, that's true. So let's talk about that then. So where are you in the
1: whole Kickstarter process?
2: Uh, so we're working with someone at the moment who's a Kickstarter advisor and essentially he's talking us through what he does when he kickstarts his games is pretty okay. big. British publisher at the moment, right, uh, So we're in safe hands, hopefully. Uh, and so we started off with new logo, new front cover after his advice. Yeah. Uh, Change the name. after a bit of his advice and a bit of everyone else's. Yeah. Uh, so now it's getting to conventions and getting it out there so people know about it. Getting that crowd built up. And then hopefully we're looking at doing a Kickstarter in the third quarter of okay. this year. So yeah, not too long, another six months maybe. And you've got, you've started working out costings and things like
1: that. you're Oh well yeah, on that's the way. That's, uh,
2: that's all pretty much there. We're hoping to have it around twenty pounds. Okay,
1: that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, what else is uh, coming up in the works? Then now that you're almost ready to to
2: let solar storm go as it is what else uh, have we got in the- we've got um <laughs> got a few games that i'm working on at the moment yeah. which are still in my personal playtest test phase not okay yeah not, not not uh polished enough to bring out to the general public for them to trash it yet but <laughs> 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 so i'm still trashing it myself so yeah i've got a couple of them going on uh simon the guy who also works for dranda games has also yeah. got a couple of things going on which we're hoping to get out there in the next okay. month or two as well so yeah Fingers crossed. We'll have a couple more things coming out.
1: I always find it interesting how when you're doing playtesting, you're effectively saying to someone, "This is mine blood, sweat, and tears. What do you think of it?" Yeah. And I guess if they give you negative feedback, I guess it's
2: difficult not to take that personally. Yeah, you do have to build skin quickly. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's one of those. Isn't it? And if you if you want them, essentially you're making a game for other people to yeah. enjoy. And if they don't enjoy it, then then you're doing it wrong. And, yeah. And if you can't take that like, criticism, then. You're in the wrong
1: business. You're in, your right? in the wrong business. Yeah. Okay. Well, best of luck, mate. And uh, thanks very much. I'll, say I'll check in with you when you're a bit close to the launch. And, yeah. Uh, in the six more months' time. Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck, mate, and uh, see you soon. Cheers. Thank you. So, thanks, Aidan, for chatting to me there. It was nice to catch up with you, and we'll speak to you again when the game is about to launch, no doubt. And speaking of games launching, uh, on Saturday, uh, a couple of local designers um, started their Kickstarter campaign. Now, this is uh, Kelsey and Emily from ask games and they have just launched a project for warren wars a card game about bunny warfare Uh, it describes itself as if you like bunnies and you like puns and you like screwing over your friends this is the game for you so as you can imagine puns right up my street oh yeah so yeah i had to chat with them about the project and uh, we'll listen to that now and we'll see you in a few minutes Okay, so I'm here now with Kelsey and Emily from ASK Games. Hi guys, thanks for joining us. Hiya. Uh, so um, you've just today launched the game on Kickstarter, so why don't you tell us all about that first of all?
5: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Warren Wars is a um, it's a card game of Bunny Warfare for two to four players. And the aim of the game is to be the first to find recruits in your warren. In order to get those recruits though, you need to have a certain amount of carrots, otherwise they will run away and the whole object of the game is basically to steal, destroy carrots from everyone else and be the first to five in order to get those and everyone else's secret ability with their general for their army as well
1: Okay, well I've just had a brief look at the, some of the cards there's a lot of uh, interesting puns on the cards <laughs> so who came up with most of the puns and
5: which is your, your favourite pun in the game? Well, that, was a, that was about a night of about four hours worth of just pun runs oh, wow, and we okay. were waking
3: each other up in the night to say, oh I have thought of another one <laughs> Um, I know what your favourite card is. Oh, go on. Peter Rabbit.
5: Oh okay, Peter Rabbit is in P E T A Rabbit. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Peter it Rabbit.
3: uh blocks you from getting five recruits.
5: Ah yes, they're having a protest. Yep. <laughs>
1: um and
3: I like the Bungeon Master.
1: Bungee. I I Bungie Master was one I laughed at when I saw it just so uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yes. Um, and if we achieve our stretch goal, you can look forward to much more puns based on movies. So we will have Disney and Star Wars.
5: Yes, we've got Jurassic Park, and uh, one of our new generals is Mary Hoppins. Mary, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot more in there.
1: Okay, so what was your inspiration? I heard that you were here at a playtest day and um, you saw some of the other games being tested, and you were like, oh, we can do that. But
3: Yeah, pretty much. We came along to the playtesting event, we had a go, and we went away, and we were like, yeah why don't we give this a bash and uh, I sat next to Kelsey and I just said right we're going to make a card game It's about rabbits it's called Warren Wars and it's about screwing each other over
5: it was just you came up with it as just
1: as on that. the spot
3: yeah and yeah. then we we put the puns first and then the game ca- gameplay came up
5: <laughs> it did yeah it evolved from that it started a lot differently and um, we sort of had a, a few ideas for sort of the kind of card game and that it was going to be a take that card game sort of inspired by the likes of unstable unicorns, yep. exploding kittens, but to not just be a copy of it, but to have it its own little spin, which is where the sort of little bit of micromanagement of the carrots yeah, came yeah. in for it. Um, and then we originally just had an alpha rabbit, which was sort of a token. And then that's what evolved eventually into the general deck, having sort of their own each unique ability.
3: Yeah, but it was so a the, secret. The generals are all based on historical figures. Um, so you have Attila the Bun, you have uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, yep. Uh, you have Donald Trump.
5: I was going to say Donald Trump, but that's better. Yes,
3: and Theresa uh, yeah, yeah.
5: May. Yes, Theresa May. Ah, yes, yes. Um, Thankfully, they're both still in uh power at the moment, <laughs>
3: so yes. they're both still
5: current. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: And we have Sherlock Holmes as well, don't we? Yes, Albert and Einstein. Yeah, you you mm, haven't my, lived life until you've seen Albert Einstein. My brain is
1: is is just. It's ticking away now trying to think of more but
3: yeah we we, we sat there for quite a long time trying to think we went of through so historical, many historical fig- figures
5: that could actually merge into a bunny a yeah. related pun
3: and then I had to sit down and I had to draw all said that's historical that's what I was gonna, that was going to be my
1: next question the art you, did you do everything yes or? I did everything wow. I did
3: all the artwork Um Kelsey's done everything on Photoshop um, but I've hand drawn all the artwork
1: wow okay
3: so all 116 cards have been hand drawn that's, that's just
1: I I can't even imagine the amount of time it would take to do that. It took a while.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I've never drawn digitally before, so it was uh, an achievement for me.
1: Okay. Let's talk about the campaign then. So you went live a few hours ago. Yeah. You've currently got, I think, 13 or 14. I think we've
3: just got 14. Okay,
1: I'm back at number 12. Oh, thank thank you very much. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, what are the goals, stretch goals, and uh, what
5: can people look forward to? So our initial stretch goal is actually a thank you card that's only, was it, an extra... 100 on top. Yeah. Um, for every backer in there, you um, get
3: just a thank you card, okay. and you can play that a, with the game.
5: Yeah, it's a playable thank you card oh, cool. um, for in the game, based upon one of our poster artworks, actually, of an old uh, wartime, a wartime poster, poster <laughs> from from the UK. Um, and then our big stretch goal is if we get funded um, to
3: the expansion pack. So that would be 5,000 if we achieve 5,800 overall. Um, we'd be able to release an expansion pack, which would expand the game to six players and all those uh, extra bunny puns. Yes, yes a
5: movie-themed expansion. So, so that more will...
3: drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'll be worth it in the end. Um, one of our rewards, if uh, anyone's feeling super generous, is uh, you get a hand-drawn card um, featuring yourself as one of oh, our wow. bunny rabbits. Okay. Um, nice. And we can make that playable with your copy of the game, so nobody else will ever have that card. Um, it's yours, That's
1: amazing. Duo. It's got to be someone who's got a name that could be turned into a pun, though, ideally. Well, uh, <laughs> we, yeah. we have
3: made one called the Princess, based on our friend's dog, who's called Prinny. Right.
5: <laughs> okay, how long is the campaign running for? Uh, we're running for 30 days, yep. um, so 29 finish, as of
3: today. So we finish on the 11th of March.
1: Okay, so by the time everyone hears this, there'll probably be still be three, three and a half weeks left. Yes. So. Nice.
5: We're doing a bit of a tour as well. So oh, yeah. obviously we're at Meeple AM today. Yep. We're doing the Dice Cup in Nottingham tomorrow. We're going to the Treehouse in Sheffield um, this coming Wednesday, um, the 13th, maybe. And then on the 18th, we're going to be at the Ludacris in London. Oh, yeah. As well.
3: So if anybody wants to come along and play, they may do if they want to try before yeah. they buy.
1: Are you planning on going to any conventions on like Aircon and things like that coming up? So are you going to go to any of those? Or?
5: Yeah, hopefully. If, obviously, if it's if it's successful on Kickstarter, yeah. um, we're going to We'd do like the to Games Ed. Expo. UKGE, yeah. 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 Um, and then we'll sort of look into any conventions, any suggestions that anyone got on that side of things as well. If there's any that we might not have thought about. Um, I think LinkCon was coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a look into, into those, obviously, based upon if everything is successful. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed.
1: What's the delivery schedule going to look like, assuming everything goes to plan?
3: Well, the ignoring the expansion pack, the artwork for the main game is fine also. Yeah. We're more or less ready to go. We just need to run through it and just double-check that everything is fine and that there's no spelling mistakes or anything silly. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if it looks like we're going to... Get our stretch goal. I'll start drawing while the campaign is live. So <laughs> yeah. as soon as we're good,
5: yeah, because we can just set set send them ready. off. It's just the art that needs to be done. Okay. Um, the abilities are sort of going to expand from the main game. Um, it's sort of already been calculated in a way that it all it all add at this extra two players. Um, so so we're hopefully
3: looking really, we're looking at June. Yeah, fingers yeah, crossed.
5: Yes. July sort
1: of time. Okay. Well, don't worry if it doesn't go to plan because obviously a lot of kickstarters end up getting delayed. So yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> there's always things that can crop up. Um, we're doing it with a lot of companies that are well, it's all going to be uk based anyway so it's okay. ones that we can visit ourselves yeah get things sorted beforehand and actually we, we've already, and we've sort already of got spoken of to folks, the manufacturers
3: yeah. as well and what what's achievable okay, what they good. can do what turnaround time is like
5: so yeah it, it'll sort of all be basically from our printers to us it's then literally just us sending out the shipping and everything then so it should all be relatively, fingers crossed, straightforward. (laughs) Things can always crop up, but yeah, we've sort of put in a robust plan to to make sure that Things hopefully don't get delayed based on some sort of the others that we've sort of backed and things. So.
1: Okay, so people can go to Kickstart and search for Warren Wars. Um, where else can they find you on Facebook and Twitter and things like yeah,
3: that? Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just and Warren Wars. Yeah, yeah, warrenwars.com Warren Wars.
5: as well. We've got a website up there that'll lead you to, uh, to our Kickstarter page. It's also got a breakdown of how to play. And there will eventually also be a um, how to play video coming on there as well. Cool. Um, yeah, um, most of our updates I think at the moment are really going to be between Facebook and Instagram so yeah hashtag warren wars on instagram and uh at warren wars game yeah as well okay what's next then <laughs> if well, this one is successful there we've is got another, another one in the pipeline
3: okay. about uh annoying your co-workers in the office i mean so that's I, I do
1: that with ones every day anyway
3: so. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a slight theme here about annoying other people yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's a different style of game. it's
5: still a card game but it's a different style of game with a different style of art and things but um yeah that's sort of been in the very early stages at the moment so, yeah, we, we might have some artwork to share for that early on, but we'll see.
1: Okay, well, best of luck, guys. Thank you Thank very you. much. Really can't wait. I'm sure it's going to fund. I mean, you've done well so far, so uh, I think the trajectory <laughs> is definitely <laughs> going <laughs> yeah, in the right yeah, direction. yeah,
5: we've had a good first day, so, well, the first few hours even. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And hopefully you'll get a few more here and over the events you're doing over the next few yeah, days. Yes, so hopefully. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Thank and you. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you in the future. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. So yeah, those are all the interviews that I did at Meeple Mayhem the weekend. Thanks again to everyone who chatted to us. Uh, Warren Wars, as I say, is live on Kickstarter now. Just search for it. And uh, it's not a very expensive pledge. The uh, base game is £15. Uh, There's a Kickstarter exclusive pack for £25. uh, Or there's a Commander pack for £50, where you can get yourself, as as I said in the interview, added in as one of the bunnies in the game. So yeah. If uh, what they said piques your interest, just go to the website and take a look at that. And now it's time, Ray.
0: It's time.
1: It's that time of the year again for...
0: The Kickstarter Awards. Of 2018. Yay.
1: So, those of you who have heard these before know that... uh, we will not only give you our top three campaigns uh, of the last 12 months and that's not necessarily games that have launched and shipped this year because obviously that's a very tight turnaround it's basically games that we got this year and how we felt the entire process went uh, and the quality of the game and things like that Uh, as well as talking about that we'll also go through our games that we're still waiting for Um, generally ones that are more than a couple of months late because I mean one or two months is generally acceptable in this kind of thing. But I've got a couple of games that are over a year, a year late now, so... Oh, yes, yeah, so do yeah, I. we'll talk about those.
0: I think I probably mentioned them in last year's Kickstarter Awards.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, I think one of mine I most definitely did. But, well, well, we'll see how it goes. So shall we start with the good or shall we start with the bad?
0: Mm, if we start with what we're still waiting for, then people have something to look forward to. Okay,
1: let's do that then. So we'll go from least late to most late. Um, so my first game is Seize the Bean by Quality Beast. Now I've talked about this before and uh, gone through the reasons why this game is late, mainly due to manufacturing issues. Uh, if you've seen Seize the Bean you know it has uh, the theme of, of running a coffee shop but the pieces are all like little coffee beans and little sugar cubes and they were having problems getting the colours and the, uh, the the finish of the cubes looking quite right. So like the sugar cubes actually look like little crystals rather than Cubes of sugar, but now they've pretty much resolved all of those, so um, they're progressing through the manufacturing phase quite nicely. So this isn't one I'm too worried about. Um, I know what the problems were. They've kept everyone up to date. There's obviously a few moaners on the project saying, "I want a refund on this because it was due to be delivered in September last year." But I mean, it's only February now, so it's only you know four or five months after what they thought they would be delivering, and uh, they've got very good reasons for the delay. So yeah. Sees the bean, but I'm not too worried.
0: Okay. My least late is the expansion to Dig, which is Dig Dragon. Um, it funded May 2018, and they put an expected delivery of December 2018, so it's not really super late. Um, I think anything that doesn't arrive in the sort of End of January, beginning of February. If they have a, have used any manufacturing uh, that celebrates in uh, in a country that celebrates the lunar New Year, then it will be delayed anyway. Yeah. Um, I believe it is on its way, or if not, nearly on its way. So it's only kind of two months late, and I don't think it's going to be much much later than that.
1: My next one is a game that funded in September 2017 and was due to be delivered in May 2018, so it's quite a tight schedule. And that's the Warehouse 13 uh, board game. Again, I'm not massively worried about this. Um, they are still putting out updates. In fact, the last one was three days ago. Um, they're having problems with the colours on the dice, um, and that's currently delayed again because of Chinese New Year. Um, But yeah, they're putting out at least one update a month, usually two. So, yeah, again, it's delayed by a few months, but I'm not particularly concerned at this point.
0: Okay, my next one is something I've mentioned a couple of times before, (laughs) um, which is Femida, which was funded in August 2016 with a target of December 2017, and it... uh, It's nowhere near Um, the last time I checked they'd had to put it on the back burner and there was only like one or two people doing it part time um, because they they didn't have enough input or funds or time or whatever Um, yeah it's a bit bums but it was only £11 Reward so. Um, I'm not that fussed. Yeah. I think that they're still they're still working on it. I think they just um, underestimated what they needed to do and yeah. the time that it would take to do it. So yeah, they're over uh, fourteen months late now. I think I I'm gonna win on the most late.
1: I think you are looking at the uh, list that you put on. But let's soldier on anyway. My next one is a game that funded in December 2017 and was due to be delivered again in May 2018. So a very tight turnaround. That was Kill the Unicorns, which was a small card game uh, based around unicorns. Um, However, they've just put an update out uh, a couple of weeks ago saying they are preparing to ship uh, with some pictures of the components. Um, basically I think they had a few issues with the mould inside the case and there was also like a little mini of a unicorn that they had a few issues with as well. But um, that's all apparently being resolved and uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for that to ship and um, get to me. That was manufactured by Panda Games actually in, in China, which is one of the bigger game manufacturers, isn't it? Because a lot of Kickstarters use Panda for their uh, manufacturing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so my next in the list of lateness is Ghost Theory, which I know I've mentioned before, which was funded in May, 2016 and was due to deliver September, 2017. This was the one where they had a large uh, investor who was promising them a big chunk of money that they, you know, based all of their that they based all of their calculations on, uh, who pulled out a couple of months after the end of the Kickstarter campaign. So then they were lost. Uh, They were left with quite a lot of um, uh, shortfall. So they went from having about 30 game developers to not very many at all. Mm -hmm. I think it went down to sort of like one or two guys um because they weren't able to sustain the salaries um these were the guys who were hoping to get some cash injection from selling ports of one of their previously successful games um, which didn't go as well as they had hoped um and as i say they lost an investor they went from 26 developers to three so at the moment they're kind of in uh, a bit of dire straits as they are not doing particularly well financially and they are trying to save their company at this point. So well done to that investor who pulled out and uh, dicked them about. Um, They're still offering pre-orders though for the game. I'm guessing in a hope that that will get enough money to keep them going However, considering they went from 26 to 3 devs, uh, I think it's probably going to take considerably longer. Um, Because if they're completely bankrupt by the end of this, there's no way anyone's getting a refund. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I feel a bit bad for them. But, uh, yeah, unforeseeable events, I suppose. So, yeah, that's Ghost Theory.
1: Okay, my next one is one of my two games that I've pretty much given up on at this point. Uh, on the face of it, it was it's it's over a year late. So this is a Dog's Life, uh, which was funded in September 2017, and it had a release date of December 2017. Uh, this was this is a game that already exists. We even saw a copy of it at the Bring and Buy at the Expo this year, didn't we, or last year rather. You probably can't yeah. remember, but I did mention to you that it was again that I backed on Kickstarter. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, okay, let's let's back for this. You get Kickstarter exclusive um, uh, hand-painted dogs and things. So yeah, that sounds great. Um, no updates for months. Last update was in August. Um, Lots of comments for people saying, you know, where's the game? We haven't heard anything. They stopped commenting back in, like, um, May, June last year. If you look at their profile page, there's no no comments. And, in fact, one of the backers emails the designer on BGG, called yep. Chris Bollinger, and uh, he got a reply. So, uh, I'm sorry to get back to you so late, blah, blah, blah. I have no news from this guy named Juri Akadavi, that's the name of the boss of the company. He never paid me any royalties. I'm afraid this guy is a total fake and ripped off the money of everyone. He doesn't even come to West anymore. I guess he knows that if I meet him there, I would just punch him badly, punish the style. I'm a nice guy until you get on my nerves, then I just explode. And this guy brought me close to explosion. I'm so sorry for you and all the backers who followed him, including me in the first place. So that's straight from the designer of the game. So I think Fair that's uh, money lost. So how much was that? That was $49. But Dang. at least I haven't paid for shipping.
0: I suppose. Oh, uh, actually, I don't think I'm going to win the most late award, as I've just noticed that uh, it has actually arrived. I just forgot to tick it off oh, on, okay. on the Kickstarter page.
1: Okay.
3: On,
0: on my back to projects list. Whoops.
3: mm <laughs> Okay.
0: Well it was still nearly two years late. Okay. But it did arrive. Okay, fair. Enough. So there is hope for for Ghost Theory and Femida yet. Maybe not ghost theory considering how bad a state they're in, but you know, maybe.
1: Yeah. Okay, well I'll carry on. My second game that I've pretty much given up any hope of receiving is a game that funded in February 2017, so two years ago, and was due to be delivered in August 2017. And that's Yukon Salon, a very hairy game.
0: Yes, I remember you mentioning this last year.
1: So yeah, this is the game where you've got bears and lumberjacks and lots of different designs of like hairstyles or whatever, and you put them on top of the bears to give the bears hair, or on the bottom of the lumberjacks to give the lumberjacks nice fancy beards. Um. There was an update on this campaign a few months ago that basically said, hi, everyone, I'm not dead. Uh, You know, that was in, uh, well, so in August 2017, we got an update to say, oh, sorry sorry for it to be so long between communications. I apologise, I'm still here. The campaign's going ahead. Then in May last year, he said, oh, sorry again for the long silence. Don't worry, it's still going ahead. I expect to have everything to the printer by the end of the month. And then I'll get you a print window and a shipping date. And there has been no update since that. Um, He's not responding to any comments or emails, Uh, rumors that are flying around saying, oh, someone who knows someone who knows him says he spent all the money to pay his bills and hasn't made any games. But who knows what's going on? But I think I have to just accept again that this one is a lost cause.
0: Oh, that's a bit rubbish.
1: Yeah. But what can you do? Not a lot, really. So my last one I'm waiting on is, again, a game I mentioned last year, and that is a digital game, and that's The Pedestrian, which is the puzzle game where you play the little guy in the road signs, and you have to um, solve puzzles to get from one sign to another. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so this was funded back in uh, February 2017 again, and it was due to be delivered in June 2017. Uh, this one actually, even though it's nearly two years late, is again one I'm not too worried about because they're still putting out updates every month to say, okay, this is what we've been working on. They're putting YouTube videos up to show the new scenery and the mod balls and things that they're working on in the game. So I think this is just a case of them vastly you know, underestimating the amount of work involved in, in getting the game to a finished state. Um, but while they've been doing that, they've also been adding new stuff to it as well, so... So yeah, I'm not too worried. As I say, one update a month since the campaign ended. Um, not many people moaning in the comments. Um, you know, there's just, just people saying, um, I understand that this is late because of game development times being worse than possible, but at least you're contacting us and letting us know what's going on, which I, I completely agree with. So, so yeah, um, hopefully at some point this year, the pedestrian will arrive in my Steam library, but um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just see how it is. For now, I'm just happy to keep on getting the updates from them and to know they haven't abandoned the project. Yeah. So, let's talk about our top three Kickstarters of the year. So I guess we'll start at number three and work our way towards number one. So my number three is a game from Fowers Games, which is No Boarding. Now, if you remember, this is a game where I actually backed uh, a level where I got two games. It was Nailboarding and Wokstar, um, which obviously I like because of the pulley name. Um, Bowers Games are a company I've had a game from before. I had Fugitive from them a couple of years ago. Uh, I think the communication from them is excellent. Uh, The quality of the games was excellent because we did the unboxings together for for those two games didn't we? Yeah. And uh, I thought the quality of the components was great and uh, I love the artwork and design. Especially the no boarding design. I like that sort of 60s style thing that they've got going on which is actually very similar to what they used in Fugitive and some of the other games as well. Is it Burger Brothers is the other one Mm. that uses a very similar art style. So I really like that. Um, It was a couple of months late but again they kept people updated with what was going on. Um, So it uh, funded in September 2017, and it was shipped in August 2018, so less than a year. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was really happy to get that, and uh, I think they did a did a great job on it. So, uh, Nailboarding no and walkstar It's it's a bit of a cheat because it's two games, but they're on one, one campaign. So that's my number three.
0: So my number three is from Breaking Games, and it is Rise of Tribes. Now, this was a game where you are um, a prehistoric tribe uh, trying to make discoveries, gather resources and grow, build villages and conquer territory to win. When we played it, I think we were a little bit too uh, passive as opposed to aggressive. Very much so. Because we didn't have any... We didn't have any... Well, we didn't have any... um,
2: Conflicts, yeah. Yeah.
0: We didn't have any conflicts. Um, Now this came with lots of lovely tokens and uh, all the pieces were uh, very good quality and there was a bunch of extras that came in because of the... There were were quite a few stretch goals that were hit so there was quite a lot of extra stuff that came with it. There was a bunch of promo terrain tiles that came um, and it had the these guys had loads of extras like you could get a special carved um, dice tray to hold all of the dice and your meeples and there were expansions and deluxe upgrades and loads of stuff. I didn't get any of the like super extra stuff. Um, but the stuff that came in the just the regular The regular box was pretty good Um, i really liked the art and yeah it plays pretty well it's not too difficult to figure out and uh, yeah definitely enjoyed it
1: okay my number two is a game that arrived for me uh, a few weeks ago and that is last one standing now the campaign was run by brendan mccaskill and it successfully funded in may last year and the game arrived, if I remember correctly, sometime just before Christmas. We recently did an unboxing video of this. This was one of the ones in our massive pile that we did the weekend. Yep. And uh, the quality of the components in there was was excellent, wasn't it? The card the cardboard tiles were really thick and and nice and sturdy, and you can, you know, they obviously all fit together. And being a battle royale game, the, the game area shrinks over time, so you're removing these tiles from the game, but uh, I can't see them getting damaged very easily, they're they're very high quality cardboard. The reason I say the campaign was run by Brendan McCaskill is because after the campaign ended he actually partnered with uh, Oom Games to publish the game, so I think you can get this retail as well now, so in all it was actually a very successful campaign for him, and again well communicated with, high quality components, love the art style, it's just uh, exactly what I expected when I was backing it, which... uh, i guess you can't really ask for more than that can you no so that's the last one standing at the battle royale game as my number two
0: okay my number two is the binding of isaac four souls which comes from edmund mcmillan which funded on kickstarter in july 2018 with over two and a half million dollars and had an estimated delivery of november 2018 and i think i got it the first week of December, so. Stuck within its time frame pretty well, um, which was impressive for a start.
1: Yeah.
0: I initially backed at the sort of basic level of just getting the game, which included all of the various bits and pieces and and, and, uh, stretch goals. And then afterwards at the... Pledge Manager stage, I added on some little extra bits. So I added on to get two player mats and a t-shirt and some other little bits and pieces. The campaign had huge amounts of hype around it and huge amounts of interaction with Edmund McMillan and other designers from Binding of Isaac world there was a lot of stuff that you could get well and above like there was m- mad levels of stuff that you could get and for for example 350 people backed at the pledge level that cost 250 dollars wow yeah <laughs> so this this is the amount of like like um zeal- zealotry level of love that Isaac gets. There were 20 people who backed at $1,111. Wow. And let me just check. 10 people backed for 1666 Nobody, Nobody backed at the $10,000 level. <laughs> okay. But even so, 10 people backing at 1600 is, you know, it's, it's fairly indicative that people love this game and er, er, all the stuff that Edmund comes out with. Um, it uh, came with some extras. So it came with some stickers uh, and a pin. And As I say, I got the T-shirt and uh, a game mat which I think initially was supposed to be a four-player game mat, but it's two two two-player mats. So instead of one massive mat for four people, it's two slightly smaller mats for two people each to make four.
1: Yeah, that probably makes more sense, though, because if you're only playing a two-player game, you don't have all that wasted space.
0: Yeah, and I mean... When when it first went up, there were only four starting characters, and I think by the end of it, there's pretty much every single starting character from ever conceived in the game, in the digital games. Um, It comes with loads of stuff. It's all really high quality. You'll see from the, the unboxing video that we did, there is a lot in there, even though I didn't back the biggest... Yeah by far the biggest um thing and yeah there's been constant comms and interaction with the fans and so on um from edmund um i get the impress well it was fairly obvious that they'd done a huge amount of legwork on the game before taking it to kickstarter um which i think if it was coming because it was coming from someone who is already established in video games i think if he hadn't come ready to basically print people would have gone yeah but you've already got a video games company why do you need our money yeah um people still would have bought it regardless i think um it was originally only going to be available through kickstarter However, he's now decided to sell it at retail as well. All the Kickstarter versions do say first edition on them and have a little holographic sticker on the bottom and so on. Um, So if you're a collector of that sort of thing, then I guess the Kickstarter version will retain more value. Um, But yeah, pretty much everything about the campaign and the game was excellent. And the only reason I haven't put it as number one is because I haven't actually had a chance to play it yet, so it felt a bit naughty putting it as number one if I haven't played it.
1: But well, there you go. I have done that though. I put a game at number one that I haven't played yet. But <laughs> yes. It should come as no surprise as to what game this is. So this is a game that was funded in December twenty seventeen, so just on the edge of the year, and it arrived late last year. It was due to be delivered in August, so it was a tad late, but not massively. And that is Dawn of Peacemakers from Snowdale Design. So I think I've backed everything that they've done on Kickstarter. So Dale of Merchants, Dale of Merchants 2, Dale of Merchants Collection, and this. Yeah. So uh, Dawn of Peacemakers is set in the same universe as Dale of Merchants, um, but it's got two game modes. It's got a skirmish mode where two players play against each other. But the the meat of the game is in the campaign mode, um, which is like a legacy game basically, where there's an ongoing storyline, uh, up to four players, where you all play one of like a, a member of a peace envoy trying to stop a war between two of these animal animal factions. Um, again, this is one that we did an unboxing of over the weekend, and it was just, I mean, I thought it was beautiful. Do you agree?
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah the minis it's got like lots of lovely little minis of all of these different animal folk uh it's got a big campaign booklet uh it's got envelopes in there that say don't open this until a certain point in the game until you're told to there's a box that says the same thing uh it's got lots of lovely little bits and pieces lots of little components It's got a lovely little coin as well um which looks like you know the type of money they would use in in this fantasy world um And the communication, as usual, from from Sammy at Snowdale Design is is amazing. Every single time they put an update on, um, he's got this lovely little graphic that he uses, which has got um, like a little bar for every part of the process. So, for example, for this one, it was development and content creation, artwork, story writing, manufacturing prep, actual manufacturing, fulfillment prep, and shipping. And he just gives you like a percentage of how far they through are, are through that and it just gives you like a percentage of how far through that particular part of the process they are so you can really gauge how it's coming along as the, the as the fulfilment process goes through, and the manufacturing process goes through so uh, I have no complaints I cannot wait to get this to the table and play it, I obviously need to find a few of people I can play it with so we can have the continuing storyline I would hope you will be one of them <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my number one campaign of the year, Dawn of Peacemakers from Snowdale Design.
0: Okay, my number one, which is very close, as I say, yeah. with Binding Isaac, is Hand of Faith Ordeals from Alan Chang. It admittedly was a year late in arriving, However, it was definitely well worth the wait as the box, the board, the components, all of it is absolutely tip-top amazing. Um, There is so much content in it. It's unbelievable. Um, I think it might take a while to get to grips with the board game rules compared to the computer game rules. But I still think it's it's gonna be it will it's a brilliant game um as I say, even though it was late uh the guy there's a hundred and seven updates there's he's still sending out updates now um for people who haven't got it or it's stuck in the mail or uh bits were missing or whatever. Yeah, there was an update every week, which he stuck to quite, you know, vigorously, which was great. Um, So because even though it was late, there was loads of, you know, reassurance that it is coming. There were loads of extra Kickstarter exclusives. You got a free copy of the digital game with it. It has minis. It has cards. It has um, little... um, metal components that replace the cardboard components it has wooden stuff that replaces the cardboard bits and it has stickers and pins and all sorts of extra stuff because the stretch goals went crazy at the end of it and yeah i just think it's great
1: wow okay it does it did look very nice. The the you know, the yeah. the upgrade box or the Kickstarter exclusive box, that was yeah, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Okay, so there you go, those are our top three of the year. While we're talking about Kickstarters, I suppose we should just stay here in Kickstarter Corner and do our usual look at what's on Kickstarter at the moment and what we've been backing and what has arrived. So let's start with our political satire segment. Um I can only find one this month, Ray.
0: Yeah, me too. This month's political satire find was Two
1: Trumps and a Lie. It's the best game with the best words. Oh, yes. I mean, I've got to be honest, this isn't the most horrendous uh, Trump game idea I've ever seen.
0: No, it actually looks like someone's put some vague thought into it, which is better than the ones we found last month.
1: Yeah, so the premise for this game is um, it's a party game with lots of cards in it, and each card has got three quotes. Two, which were said by Donald Trump, and one which wasn't, and basically you have to read them out, and the other gamers have to guess which, which one one's is the a fake lie. One. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a it's a variation on two truths and a lie, ah, is that which it is, is? an icebreaker game ah. that I've done in training oh, yes, yes, situations yes, yes. before. <laughs> We've talked about that before, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, The game is uh, BYOC, bring your own kafifi Oh dear. We're going to make game night great again. Yay so make it stop. If you want to play that with Donald Trump quotes, then you go right ahead. That's two trumps and a lie. And which is it. Let's have a look. 20 dollars. or for 30 dollars, you can have your name on the box as well.
0: Does it ship internationally?:
1: Only ships to certain countries, which That's, are
0: It's about standard for Donald yeah. Trump isn't it,
1: I don't know <laughs> the, 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 It ships to two countries, right? Don't look. Would you like to guess what those two countries are? America. That is one. Canada. Nope. Mexico. Nope. You're thinking the right lines.
0: Puerto Rico. Nope.
1: Uh, when I say you're thinking Greenland. the right lines, you're you're thinking of a a country that Donald Trump has mentioned more than once.
0: Surely he's no, he's surely
1: he's mentioned a few. Well, he has yeah, but there's one that know, the one North that he, Korea. There's one that he's currently quite being quite um, well associated with. That's not America. The UK? Nope. I don't know. I mostly
0: ignore anything to do with that man.
1: Okay, you'll you'll kick yourself when you hear the answer. Okay. This game ships to the United States, and for an extra $45, you can get it if you live in Russia. Oh, lovely. Which is an odd choice, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Although... Very thematic.
1: Yes, exactly. Let's move on then. What have we been backing? I've backed three games this month. Hooray.
0: I've backed two.
1: Oh, okay. My first uh, back uh, backing, is that even a word? Pledge? Yeah, let's say pledge. My first pledge is uh, ice cream dice. Now, I've pledged this because of um, my recent foray into the world of D&D. So this is a guy who is making... D&D dice sets, but uh, they're designed to look like ice cream. Lovely. Yeah. So there's lots of different uh, flavours you can get. Uh, so there's um, Orange Dream, uh, Neapolitan, uh, Rainbow. Uh, what else have we got? Chocolate slash coffee slash caramel, because it's a sort of brownie one, so whatever you want it to be. Bubble candy, and there's even a kiwi one, which is like sort of transparent, slightly transparent green with like little little black dots on, which I quite like as well. Oh, okay. Um, but he's also said that if he gets to a certain stretch goal, everyone will be able to buy a mint chalk chip version, just for mm. shipping. So, you know. oh. But he's called it mint chalk crit, which I quite like. Oh. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm you know. I have got a set of dice because my current GM bought us all the a set, a little set. But uh, be nice to have my own, uh, little ice cream flavored. I say flavored. I'm not going to eat them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, ice cream dice, and um, it's from 29 Canadian dollars, depending and depending on. Oh no, from 16, 16 dollars for one set of dice, which is about nine pound, uh, and then it goes up depending on how many sets you want.
0: Uh, and I have pledged to Coral Islands, which we saw at UKGE.
1: It was a very early version, though, wasn't it?
0: Yes. Um, and was completely rammed every time we walked past the tables. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is another game from Alicat Games, our, our, our returning favourites. Yeah. Um, and Coral Islands is two games in one, one of which is called Coral and one of which is called Islands um it's a dice game so there's lots of lovely um clear brightly colored dice which is mostly what attracted me to it because having played uh sagrada it seemed rather uh, a natural follow-on mm. to that sort of thing um Yes, so in Coral, you use dice to make shapes in 3D, and in Islands, you draft colours, move the dice, and try to claim the highest stacks by the end. Uh, so lovely, lovely Alicat Games, free UK shipping, um, which is always wonderful. Um, I think I've backed it at the most basic level, purely because... I don't think I needed any of the extra bits. So, yeah, as I say, Coral is a 3D pattern recognition game and Islands is set collection and drafting. It's got lots of lovely little um, multicoloured dice and fun little boards. And, um, yeah, it can be played solo, which is always a a good bonus. Yeah. So, yeah, that was £25, but it's uh, finished.
1: Uh, my next one, uh, as well as Warren Wars, which obviously I mentioned that I backed earlier, um, but just before we started recording, I was having a look, and it wouldn't be an episode of the offline game with me backing a food game. So I backed a game called Chocolatiers, which is all about making uh, boxes of chocolates. Lovely. Yes. It's a, it says it's a card-drafting, tile laying game with faster game flow and interesting puzzle elements. And uh, basically, you're boxing up chocolates, uh, and there's like tiles with different uh, arrangements of the chocolates on, and you're basically trying to, uh, I think, draft cards, and then use those cards that you've drafted to take tiles, and uh, use them to uh, get points and box your chocolates. So um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really need to look at the campaign very much to to, to want it. I have to, you know, confess because it's again about chocolate. So yeah, that's Chocolatiers from Daily Magic Games, who've actually created quite a lot of um, games on Kickstarters. I'm just looking actually to see that I've backed any of their games. I don't think I have, but I think we have talked about some of them. Oh no, 10 Minute Heist, that was one of theirs, I backed that. Um, Go Nuts for Donuts, I'm sure I've seen that in retail. So yeah, they're um, an experienced Kickstarter company, I think. and mm-hmm. um, So I don't expect any problems from that.
0: Uh, So my second game that I have pledged is coming from Calliope Games. It's their 10th anniversary, and to celebrate, they are releasing another Tsuro title. Uh, This one is The Rise of the Phoenix. The, The backstory is, long ago a vengeful god stole the stars from the night sky. To illuminate the night, brave people released paper glowing lanterns towards the heavens. This act of hope summoned clever, magical phoenixes who soared through the sky and raced towards the lanterns. Uh, So you've got to go from lantern to lantern and turn them into brilliant new stars. And it comes with a rather lovely board, some little phoenix uh, minis, some lovely little um, lanterns, some stars. And if you wanted to, you could back... um, To get a copy of the previous two Zero games and the expansion for Veterans of the Seas, as well as extra pawns, an extra expansion for this one, and um, a custom designed Rise of the Phoenix tray. I, however, have just gone for the, the basic level. Annoyingly, it is one of those games that has shipping charged after Ah, it ends. However, considering I do rather like Tsuro and other games that are like it, um, I thought it would be worth it. Yeah. So yes, they are celebrating their 10-year milestone and releasing a new (laughs) Tsuro game.
1: So that's what we've been spending our hard-earned cash on this month. Um. What about things that we spent our cash on a few months ago that has now arrived? So I had three arrivals this month, so I'll quickly go through them. First one is Overworld. Overworld is by Magic Meeple Games, the people who made uh, a game that I really enjoyed, and I'm pretty sure was in my top three last year, uh, which was Fire of Eidolon. Yeah. The uh, the sort of 16-bit dungeon crawler. So this is another game in the same series. It's all done in like 16-bit artwork. It has these lovely tiles that all fit together but they're not like standard rectangular or hexagonal ones they're sort of like jigsaw puzzle pieces i would say but they're like l-shaped with like jigsaw puzzle things on around the edge i th- can't really think of a better way to describe it than that, yeah. really. and um it's got lots of these little um meeples but they're all like eight bit styled so you've got like little eight bit birds and eight bit locks and uh ships so um yeah that arrived um few weeks ago no can't actually remember when it arrived it was a couple of weeks ago I think and uh, so yeah uh next up is dice hospital from Alicat games I was looking forward to this and I was not disappointed because um, I got the deluxe Kickstarter upgrade pack with this as well so dice hospitals the dice rolling placement game where you're um, trying to run a hospital and deal with all the patients as they're coming in. Um, but, the Kickstarter, but the Kickstarter upgrade pack has like proper little um, ambulances and things for you to put the dice on. Which uh, if you watch our unboxing video when it's online, they they're amazing. You know, I think I actually didn't think they would be that big. I thought they would be just big enough for you to get the three dice on the top. But actually, no, they are pretty pretty good size and pretty chunky as well. Although I, I did struggle to get everything in the base box, but I did manage it in the end. But um, yeah, that uh, arrived. And that actually arrived to me via the Wolverhampton board game group. Because I didn't back the Kickstarter directly. I backed it through our friend Peter Hazelwood. And so my copy ended up getting delivered to one of the guys who runs the Wolverhampton board game club. So I went and picked it up last month. So so yeah, that's actually probably arrived a few weeks ago. But I only was able to collect it um, uh, last month. So, And the last game, which I haven't even opened yet because it arrived... Well, part of it arrived on Friday potter it arrived this morning uh so on friday i got the postman knocking on the door with a uh what they called the tubes that you hold posters in i don't even know what you call them poster tubes i don't yeah Yeah. mail tube yeah and uh, inside that there was a game mat for the game blame space um so as expected a couple of days later the actual game turned up and this is by the guys who made a Game of Blame, which is like the game set in a medieval court where everyone's trying to shirk responsibility. And this is basically that game set in space. Um, because it only arrived today, I haven't had a chance to reread any of the stuff, so I can't really remember much about it. But um, yeah, I, I, I actually can't remember. I don't remember backing for the mat. But obviously I did because it arrived. But I wasn't expecting one, so yeah.
0: So my arrival. Um, It's been a digital game and it's Pray for the Gods. Uh, This funded back in August 2016. It was originally estimated to deliver December 2017 and the Steam Early Access build finally arrived at uh, 31st of January, 1st of February. So not even two weeks ago yet. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but this is the uh, game that looked very... Sort of Shadow of Colossus E. You've got huge, gigantic boss monsters that you've got to climb up and kill by, like, stabbing in the eye or something. I don't know. Um, it exceeded its, um, pledge target originally. It got half a million Australian dollars. They only asked for 300,000. Um, they've since, the campaign also um decided to port to p s four and xbox okay. um I backed it just at the p c only digital code for Steam. It was only fifteen Australian dollars, so it's pretty cheap um considering this was back in twenty sixteen when we had much better you know exchange rates. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the clips and um, videos and art and screenshots and stuff that have come out of it as it's been going through development have been really good. So it describes itself as having gameplay that combines Sh- Shadow of Colossus, Deus Ex, day and Bloodborne. And it pains me to say Daisy because Day-Z just Day-Z. sounds wrong, yeah. even though... Z is the Americanized way of saying the latter. Um, to digress, it also, like, from the videos, it feels a little bit, um, maybe a little bit tomb raider-y in um, you've got a bow and arrow, you've got to do, you've got survivally stuff you've got to do, got to sit around a fireplace, um, and it does have a little bit I don't know it sort of has a little bit of a, a hint of um, Horizon Zero Dawn okay but yeah so that's just arrived and I, I, I I'll look forward to playing it um, I suspect I will probably get killed quite a lot because as it says in the campaign dodging is crucial <laughs> and considering how utterly terribly I did at Bloodborne probably going to die a lot
1: yeah
0: but yeah You can go and get it as early access on Steam now if you missed the campaign.
1: So let's move on to our ones to watch. And we're going to just run through these quickly this month. So for me, the first one is... Well, once again, I'm talking about a game about food. This is Rival Restaurants from Gap Closer Games. It is a board game about competitive restaurant owning. Use your chef's power... Cook recipes and lead your restaurant to gastronomical glory. So this is just a a game where you are running a restaurant and you have to get ingredients, uh, you throw stuff in the garbage, uh, there's recipes, and uh, I guess you just have to create recipes using the ingredients to satisfy the customers. Um, Good thing is that each character plays a different chef with a different special ability uh, to give the game a bit of variety. Uh, just looking at the pledge levels, uh, the base game is $49. You can get a deluxe version uh, for $64, um, which gives you like um, upgraded components, so um, coins and tokens, uh, which will be made out of acrylic rather than uh, out of cardboard. Um, but also, if you put an extra $35 uh, onto your pledge, you get a bento, what they call a bento box. Which is um, a wooden organizer for the for the game, which is quite nice. It looks, mm. looks it does look very nice actually. Don't know if I would um, spend the money on that if I was pledging the game, but uh, if wooden inserts for games is your thing, then uh, that might intrigue you. Um, so yeah, um, game about food, rival restaurants.
0: My first one to watch is on here, a little bit tongue in cheek, but. Um, after reading through the campaign, I thought it was worth a genuine mention. Um, it's called The Period Game. Uh, yes, it is about menstruation. Ah. It is an educational game, however, um, to help educate uh, young people, uh, particularly young women, uh, girls, about the menstrual cycle, mm. as it, it is something that's not particularly well explained even in western society um it's definitely not explained very well across say third world countries yeah. and developing countries um and i think they're aiming it particularly at um what would be primary school over here uh so f- from my um remembering there was very there was like no period education at primary school until one girl who started particularly early um acts ax- well blocked one of the toilets with some sanitary products therefore all the late all the girls had to stay behind and have a period talk which i think probably came as a bit of a shock to the staff because obviously it wasn't in the curriculum and they weren't planning to have a talk with us all. Mm-hmm. So it was a very awkward... Uh, I think... I can't remember what they did with all the boys. I, I think... I don't know what they did with them. I think they went... They got to go and have, like, play playtime or something, right, and all, okay. all the girls had to stay behind in the classroom and have Is this a talk. this, like in
1: year six? Year five? Yeah. Six? Yeah, okay.
0: So... It's aiming at uh, fourth grade, which I think is like year five over here, Um, which I think is sufficiently early enough that or like 99% of girls won't be um, starting themselves, but it gives them a chance to actually learn about it in a way that A, that The game makes it a bit more, like, less embarrassing, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Although I did sit and giggle at the teeny tiny um, player tokens because there's, like, um, tampons and special period undies and uh, a menstrual cup. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I did giggle because I am a child um, and because that stuff was, like... I didn't know period cups existed until I was well into my teens. And even then I was like, how the fuck does that even work? Um, so I think it's a it's a good educational game. And I do occasionally back these educational games because I think it's it's good to be able to use board games and gaming in general as something that can be educational and fun. It doesn't all have to be hobbyists. Um, and all fun all the time. Um, I think it's. Uh, I don't know whether it will actually. Um, but, but, but you can you can pay to get the game. It only ships to certain countries. Although having a look at the list, most countries that listen to us will be will be sorted. It's pretty much the U.S. and the EU.
1: Oh, so we don't get it then?
0: No, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do. So so the US Europe as a continent. Ah. So Eurasia, sorry guys, South America, sorry. Um but yeah. So if you want the game it's 39 US dollars plus 12 dollars shipping so 51 total. Um or you can just pay and it will donate it to a school on your behalf. Oh, that's
1: nice.
0: Presumably a school in America, but I don't know. It does just say a school. Um, So I'm guessing America, but that's fine. Uh, Or you can donate from a dollar. You can do $15 to get some period-themed postcards Sorry, three period power postcards designed in the style of the game. So, yeah, that's my, that's my first one to watch. Um, it doesn't finish until the 7th of March, so you've got plenty of time to help end period poverty. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know what I can say to that. My next game is nowhere near as uh, socially important.
0: Is it about food, though?
1: <sighs> it is about food. It's a game called Fry Thief where it's a two-player game where one of you has lots of French fries and the other one of you has been silly and ordered a salad. And the aim of the game is to be, at the end, the person with the most fries. As if you're stealing them from the other person. Yeah. Oh, look over there. What's that?
0: A situation many of us will have found ourselves in. Yes.
1: But it's an asymmetrical game, obviously, because you've got each person. One person starts with lots of fries. The other one starts with none. But um there are three types of cards in the deck. You you basically draw a card and then play a card from your hand. Uh and they let you do things like steal the fries or, or whatever. But there's there's three different colours. There's red cards which can be played by either player. And then all the other cards are divided into two. Uh, on one half is green and one half is yellow. So they're they're depending on whether you're the person with the salad or the person with the fries, you get different action for that card. Which which I quite like, the asymmetric nature of that. So So yeah, that's uh, just a small game, Uh, $15, uh, funded already, and it goes to the 25th of Feb. So that's Fry Thief. It says it's a game about poor life choices. I think the video explains that the, the poor life choice is having a salad instead of fries.
0: Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a salad that has lots of chicken in.
1: That's true.
0: A good old chicken bacon salad, mm. lovely jubbly. Right, my next one is called Parks. Now, if you just try and search that on Kickstarter, you will get everything that mentions the word park nice. in it, which is really annoying. So try Parks, all capitals, colon the board game. It's coming from Keymaster Games. It's, uh, I believe, it's a sixth Kickstarter. Uh, It is a game that explores the national parks of America. Now, I have never been to America, but I can appreciate national parks as a general concept. And, you know, they've got some really lovely nature-themed art. Yeah. In the game, you are taking on the... Sorry, I should probably say how many players it's for... um, Uh, It says it's for one to five players, uh, 30 to 60 minutes, and the art comes from a print series called 59 Parks. So there are 59 Parks, and the art has come from this series of art prints that has already been created elsewhere. So in the game, You take on the role of two hikers as they trek through different trails across four seasons of the year. While on the trail, hikers will take actions and collect memories. Memories are the resources in the game. You then trade in your memories to collect National Park cards, mementos at the end of each hike. You can purchase equipment and fill your canteens to make your hikes more efficient at the end of the year. It's the park cards and photos you have collected along the way that win you the game. So it's a game that's a bit more focused on the experiential aspect of hiking. It's the memories that you make um, while you're on your walks in these lovely parks that wins you the game as opposed to anything else. So it's not so much um, sabotaging the other players. It's more just having the best time of your life. And I thought that was a nice, it's kind of simplistic, but it's kind of nice at the same time, theme. Um, As I said, the art is superb. And even though it isn't UK or European parks, I still think it's definitely worth looking at. Um, If it sounds like your sort of thing, um, there's what you can do. There's a deck of playing cards, which has the illustrations from parks, which you can get separately, that's $12. Or for the board game, it's $39. Shipping will be charged after the campaign ends, or if you want the playing cards and the game, it's $49 US. Uh, And that finishes on the 20th of Feb. So my next
1: one to watch is a game called The Battle of the Bards. This is a dice rolling deck building game, or deck nudging as they call it, because the changes to your deck happen incrementally throughout the game. Um, you're playing like anthropomorphic animals, bards, and uh, it says it's a competitive two to four player dice rolling game with aspects of deck building. Throughout the game, players manage a troop of bards trying to capture the audiences as they travel through the taverns of Tessendor for the annual performance competition. Each round, players will have three of their bards take the stage. A fourth will take a supporting role remaining in your hand. These bards will provide the player with additional dice and will have a large variety of special abilities that can be used in many strategic ways. When guy designs it says he designed it with three principles in mind. Roll lots of dice and have plenty of ways to spend them. Players use their resources strategically to solve the puzzle of their turn and resonate with the rock vibes of your bard's soulful tunes down to your very core. So there you go. Um, lots of lovely components: card, barred cards, uh, encore cards, wanted posters, performance tokens, sixty dice. So, uh, if you like your dice rolling uh, placement games, then I guess this is for you. It's, it's. I mean, I like. I've started to like little deck builders like this as well, and this looks like a nice twist on the genre as well. So, uh, yeah, I think. This may be getting back. It is $29 for a copy of the game. And is shipping included? It is included as part of the pledge, so it's $17 for shipping to the UK. Bit high, Lovely. but the game does look like it might be worth it. So, yeah, that's Battle of the Barn.
0: Super duper. My next one is... Just make sure I'm saying the right one. My next one to watch is Terror Below. Not sure about the title. However, um, lately there have been strange going on goings on in the wide open spaces of the Nevada desert. A few black trucks have been hurtling in and out of town. About that time, the rumbling started, but it weren't no earthquake. No, it was them worms burrowing through the sands. W O R M S, weapons of remote massacre. So the idea is below the Nevada desert, there are massive, massive worms. And I'm think, think like spice worms from June, that kind of size. Right. Okay. Um, that have been escaped, I suppose, government experiments. Um, and what you've got to do is you've got to get around The desert, whenever you move, you create vibrations, which makes the worms move. You've got to navigate the terrain to collect worm eggs so that you can deliver them to get bounties. Um, And if you're feeling super lucky, you can collect items and weapons and go hunting for actual worms. Um, It's already gone through quite a lot of its stretch goals. So it's already upgraded. What have we got? We've got, uh, upgraded to a double sided board. We've got 3D eggs, uh, custom ve- vehicle meeples, so little vans. Um, got some custom dice, custom rubble pieces, some standees. Uh, we've gone up to linen finish. We've got extra car, character cards. Um, there's even more extra stuff. It comes with an included Kickstarter exclusive expansion, which comes with a wooden tank pawn, which appeals to me because it's a fricking tank, Um, upgraded wooden tokens, some extra cards, upgraded dice to wooden dice. So the dice have already been upgraded twice. Um, And some of the stuff that is still locked but doesn't look too far off is upgrading him to linen card stock, getting glow in the dark eggs and some extra worms, new worms that are called Tinkerbell. Um, so yeah, you move around the desert, you, you pick up eggs, you blow up worms if you feel lucky enough and it's 45 US which includes the game, the exclusive um, expansion, and all of the many stretch goals. Uh, shipping is charged after in the pledge manager. I think this is going to be um, a theme going forward because it's now we have now passed the point of international shipping coming into the UK that won't be disrupted by potential brexit yeah um so anything from now on i think most people are going to sort of say it's going to get charged afterwards because nobody's going to know how much it's going to cost and i mean who knows when you might get it really it could it it could be delayed for goodness only knows how long if it gets stuck in customs somewhere on the wrong side of the channel tunnel but nevertheless terror below looks quite good and it's going until the end
1: of feb okay my last one is movie empire now on first glance this looked to me like trying to do for movie production what the networks did for tv production yeah um welcome to the world of mr bartholomew grumpy the most prolific producer in hollywood in Movie Empire, you're a junior producer working for him while competing with the other players to be the heir to his throne. You do this by producing movies, a few big blockbusters, or several small trash movies, and publishing them at the right time in the right market to hit trends and get awards. Uh, it says it's a worker placement and set collection game for 2-4 to four players with two modes of play. And uh, it actually looks looks quite nice. I, I mean, I, I liked the networks. I know this isn't the same style of game, but I liked the theme. And I think the theme might uh, convince me to, to back this. Um, I, I was just reading, actually, while you were talking about your game. They actually have on this one. This is another one where shipping is charged afterwards because I've said we're going to keep trying to get the best prices we can. Uh, at the moment, we think it will be €9 Euros for EU backers. But then they've said, so what about the UK? Well, Brexit, we don't know what will happen yet. We will know in the coming months, but you shouldn't have to pay more for shipping. So they're going to try and keep the shipping cost the same as it is for the rest of the EU. So we'll see how how that goes. Um, It's just over 50% funded. uh, $35. No, 35 euros. Uh, So we'll see how how that goes. But uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely one I've starred. So that's Movie Empire from... It's not by a company, it's just from a guy in Germany called Carsten Schulman.
0: Okay, and my final one to watch is um a little card game that has a gloriously punny name Punny with a P for potato uh which is the krilling field. Ha 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 ha, Krill as in the very, very microscopic sea life.
1: Not the uh, not the bad guys from the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: No. Oh. Uh no. So your your I your your raison d'etre is to protect the ocean against the deep Krill Lord in this roguelike inspired competitive exploration card game. Lots of words in there. Um, it is da, 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 uh, $20. Free shipping in the US. And the United Kingdom doesn't come up with something, so I'm guessing they might charge us after the fact and i think the art is rather cute and quaint um the idea is that you are a whale who is trying to compete against other whales to become the heir to the blubulous throne and rule the ocean Uh, you have a randomized map which can change the size and shape based on the choices that you make um with roguelike inspired items abilities and events you explore the ocean dive to the depths, save your home, or sell your services to the Deep Krill Lord. Um, It also is including a new solo mode called Bladefin Blitz. The game is done and ready for printing. And if you want, there is also a big blue whale stuffed animal plushie. Wow. Because who doesn't want a gigantic blue whale who is also cuddly? So, yeah. They had a, a campaign before, however um, they've relaunched they've managed to cut their costs down, so they've already funded they're only looking for a thousand dollars they've still got twenty three days to go so they it closes play on the seventh of March uh, It is available. You can have a look at the free print and play of the solo version. And you can also play it for free on Tabletop Simulator. If you want to download the mod from the Kickstarter page. So, yeah, that is the Krilling Field.
1: And that is the end of the episode. So if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can just put slash TOGCAST at the end of the the platform of your choice.
0: If you want to listen to us, you can either listen directly at soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer, or give us a search in your podcast program of preference.
1: We do unboxing videos and things for YouTube. Uh, If you want to find those and all of the stuff we've just mentioned, go to www.offlinegamer.co.uk.
0: And if you want to get in touch, aside from tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming, uh, you can also email us at gamerpodcast at com, or we have a contact form on our website.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to get an email that's not spam. That's yeah. all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, send us an email where you're trying to out-spam the spammers. Yeah. I think that would be a good challenge for our listeners. Yeah.
1: So thanks everyone for listening and we will see you uh, in, what month are we in now? February, so it'll be yes. March. We'll see you in yes. March. Bye. Bye.